When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, friends of the Rock Cast? This is a podcast to improve the mind, the body, and the spirit for men. Dudes, one skill a dude should have is to be able to stand your ground, make a position, and win an argument. And I'm here in this particular episode to take on two leading luminaries of the Republican Party, Paul Ryan and Mitt Romney, and in particular, their arguments for supporting Ukrainian war funding. These guys are so mind-blowingly incompetent, their arguments in favor of Ukraine funding are a giant pile of steaming dog shit. And these guys would not be able to win a high school debate. This is how awful they are. They don't have a effing clue. And if you want to wonder why Donald Trump rose to the top of the Republican Party, stop blaming Donald Trump. Instead, look to the losers of the Republican Party and their arguments relating in particular to the Ukraine war, but this could apply to any policy. Their ability to persuade to win hearts and minds is awful. And so for this episode, we're going to do a deep dive into why Paul Ryan, Mitt Romney, two leading luminaries of the Republican Party, absolutely suck at their jobs. Job number one of a politician is to inspire people to vote for you, and number two is to persuade them why your particular policy is right and why the other policy is wrong. So we're going to do this through two pieces of paper. One is is Mitt Romney's uh, analysis, and you can see it on his website, his statement in favor of Ukrainian war funding that was issued on February 12th, 2024. The second one is a little snippet hot off the presses from Paul Ryan as to why the isolationist wing of the Republican Party is dangerous and they shouldn't be trusted. And we're just going to go through some of the arguments that they make. And they're also going to and I'm also going to tell you why they're missing the greatest argument and why all of their arguments, you can just scrunch them up put them in a pile and burn them because they're awful at what they do. So let's just go through some of these arguments that Mitt Romney used, and he's a senator from Utah, former presidential nominee in support of Ukraine funding. Now, keep in mind that this analysis that I'm doing is just off the top of my head. I've just freaking woken up for crying out loud. And it just shows how incompetent. This is the best of the Republican Party before Donald J. Trump came on the scene. 
So he's making it look like it's a profile in courage. And he talks about the importance of why we should support Ukraine in its efforts against Russia through $60 billion of military war aim. He, he, he has several arguments in favor of this. One of, one of which is, his first statement is, if we fail, this is Mitt's words, if we fail to help Ukraine, Putin will invade a NATO nation. He may delay his next invasion until he rebuilds his decimated military, but let's be clear-eyed, Ukraine is not the end, it's a step. Where does he get that? Where Does he have any evidence? Does he have intelligence that that is what he is intending to do? What evidence does he have for that at all? Have there been any active military efforts in NATO countries? The closest, I think, what he's getting to is Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia, former Soviet republics that we have um, incorporated into NATO. Does he have any evidence that they're going to be attacked? Any one small iota of evidence? No, he just, he just states it. He just pulls it out of his ass. And yes, Ukraine is has been attacked by Russia, which was part of the, uh, both Ukraine and Russia were part of the former Soviet Union. But it doesn't follow because if you've attacked one country, you're going to attack another country. This is what's known as a non-secretary. So uh, let's just go back and look at two times the United States has attacked other countries. Afghanistan, I think probably justified. I think we had to go after Osama bin Laden. Second Iraq War, well, really was not a justified. It was leaders like Paul Ryan that were supporting it and the neocons. The first Gulf War, these are attacks on other countries that are do not border the United States. Does this mean that we have these plans? I mean, I suppose you could look at it and say yes, but there's no evidence for it. It's just a statement, and he doesn't explain why. And we'll get into why when he identifies all of these arguments, his failure to answer one question, and we'll get at it, will um, really devastate their argument. His second argument, if we fail to help Ukraine, China will eventually absorb Taiwan. Why? There is, there's no connection between the two. Zero, zilch, zippo. If that's their argument, why wasn't he standing on the rooftops when we withdrew from Afghanistan? We had made promises to allies, interpreters, military people in the, in the country of Afghanistan before it was taken over by the Taliban. No one raised an issue there. No one even claimed that there was an issue, that by withdrawing from Afghanistan, somehow we were going to undermine Taiwan. What's the connection? There's no connection whatsoever. And oh, by the way, we have security actual agreements with China and with Taiwan. And we have something called the One China Policy, which recognizes that Taiwan is part of China. We recognize that. But they pretty much know we have a treaty we have an agreement with Taiwan that if China invades Taiwan, we will defend Taiwan. Now, whether that's a good idea or not is another thing. But I don't think that has anything to do with one is going to lead to the other. Different country, 
different circumstance. And if it is, why wouldn't we just stay in Iraq? Why wouldn't we just stay in Afghanistan? Or no, by the way, this was the argument that was used in Vietnam. If we don't defend South Vietnam, then Philippines is next, then Japan is next. There's all sorts of circumstances where we've decided that we're not going to carry through on something. And oh, by the way, we have no security treaty with Ukraine. Zero, zilch, zippo. We have kind of a, there was some sort of foreign policy memo in the early 90s in which we basically said, you know, Ukraine, if you give up your nukes, we won't, we'll, we'll kind of make sure that you're protected. So give up your nukes. But we also made various promises that would be the United States not to expand eastward, including right to the edge of Russia. Are we really seriously saying that if Russia set up an air, air base in Ciudad Juarez, that would give us a little bit of upset stomach? Of course it would. He then also says, this is Mitt Romney, a number of nonsensical questions. If we fail to help Ukraine, NATO, the alliance that has prevented great power conflict for over 75 years, will eventually falter and disintegrate. Now here, now here is just the level of imbecility on the part of Mitt Romney is breathtaking in scope with uh, uh, an almost just beggar's belief. First off, why would this necessarily be the case? Because Ukraine is not part of NATO. It is, there's no agreement to defend Ukraine on the part of NATO. The linchpin of NATO is that if you attack one country, all the countries are attacked. That is the treaty. That's the main thing. And there are some other arrangements within NATO. There is no NATO agreement with Ukraine. Zero zilch. So why would NATO disintegrate if a country outside of NATO is attacked? Why would they disintegrate? There's no obligation. There's no failure at the part of NATO. Now, I suppose if Russia attacked Estonia and NATO didn't respond, that would be another thing. But there, that, that is a non-sequitur. And then he says, if we fail to help Ukraine, America will cease to be the arsenal of democracy. It will cease to be the leader of the free world. We will be replaced by the authoritarians, China, Russia, Iran, and North Korea. If that's the case, it's only because of incompetent people like you. First off, Ukraine does not have a democracy. They've called off their elections. In contrast to the United States during the Civil War, in which Abraham Lincoln called an election, even during the worst of the fighting, Ukraine has called it off. It's been delayed indefinitely. So there is no democracy in Ukraine. It's essentially a bunch of oligarchs. In 2014, there's just no question that there was a coup on the part of the United States. And this is not Russia propaganda. This is actually historical fact. And then he says, if we fail to help Ukraine, we will not be known by our fathers and mothers as the greatest generation, but as the worst generation, we will falter in our duty. And it's at this time, too, that I'm going to also read the uh, response that Paul Ryan, a great leader, Paul Ryan, had said in an interview with the Washington Post. 
And he talked about Tucker Carlson's interview in, so he was asked by this Washington Post reporter, this is February 21st, 2024, what he thought of the Tucker Carlson interview. And here's the response we get from Paul Ryan. Yeah, I mean, what they're trying to do is to build sympathy. That's Russia. What worries me more, and not just Tucker, but that's a symptom of all of this, is that they're curating sympathy in America. They'd be the Ruskies. And they're helping nurture and develop an isolationist wing in my party and in our country, which is very, very dangerous. They're developing people who want to see NATO reduced or NATO not adhered to. Obviously, former Trump is pushing this line as well. So that is what I'm worried about. They're helping curate a line of thought, a school of thought that is isolationist, pro-Putin, pro-Russia, pro-tyranny at the end of the day. And that is extremely dangerous for all of democracy, but for ourselves as a democracy. So here's, we get a situation where when this is the best of the best, notice Ryan has been speaking more lately. I think the neocons in Washington are realizing they're getting their ass kicked because they basically can't win unless they lie, cheat, and steal. And there's, they're members of the Republican Party and they're members of the Democratic Party. They're saying they're developing people who want to see NATO reduced or not adhered to. And here he's talking about Ukraine policy. So again, Ukraine is not part of NATO. It's not part of NATO. It has not petitioned. It's not part of NATO. There's no treaty. There's no self-defense obligation. And somehow by failing to protect a country that's not in NATO, that we are all of a sudden letting NATO go to pieces because we are failing to do something that the treaty itself does not call for. Scour all the articles of incorporation of NATO, this treaty. Scour, look over it. Is there any duty to defend countries that are not in NATO? No, there's not. And these, this argument that's being used about the dangerous isolationist wing, the dangerous, I'll tell you, Paul, admit what's very dangerous to democracy, what's dangerous to any to any, any government. When cities throughout the United States are burning, people are suffering. People are dying in the tens of thousands with fentanyl, with crime, with chaos in their cities, hungry, don't have health care, can't get an education, all of these huge problems. And while all these huge problems are here, what are our so-called geniuses doing? They're focusing on a country that is not part of our country, that is about 10,000 miles away that has nothing to do with addressing any one of these issues. None of them won't help the fentanyl crisis, won't help the American border, won't help the chaos in our inner cities, won't help American healthcare, won't help food production in the United States. In fact, Ukraine is probably one of the greatest competitors of the United States in the world grain market. So will not help American farmers, in fact, will not help the United States in any way, shape, or form. Now, there's one argument that they've used, 
which is, and I have a response to this, and I think it's a devastated response, and it's a good one, which is, this is a such a huge threat to our country that if we don't borrow money to give money to the Ukraine, our entire country will collapse and the Russians will go into Paris and they'll go to London and they'll risk nuclear annihilation because of their desire for power. And eventually they'll go to Washington, D.C. So in other words, the Russians pose an existential threat to all of Europe and all of the United States. That is the, that's the best they can come up with. And that we are just simply ignorant. We don't understand. Well, we do understand. And here's why we actually understand to a, an astonishing degree. If, in fact, we are in a situation where what's going on in Ukraine poses an existential threat to the United States of America, we got to start mobilizing. We got to start a draft. We got to start deploying troops. That That's it. And, and better yet, I got one up. The one question that none of these gigantic pussies, that's Paul Ryan, that's Mitt Romney, that's Lindsey Graham, one question for every one of them is that if this is such an existential threat, then why don't you volunteer? Go to Aveka, go to Luhansk, go to Crimea, volunteer. There are international volunteers there, men that are actually putting their money where their mouth is and fighting. Friends, this is a podcast for men. And this is a podcast in which men should act like men. And I'll tell you one thing a dude does not do. A dude does not make a threat that he cannot keep and that he will not follow up on. Dudes do not do that. And in this particular case, we have people like Mitt Romney that are acting like they are such heroes because they're willing to support borrowing money so that other people can die. That is what they want to do. Yet, they're not answering one basic question. Mitt, why aren't you sending your grandsons into this war? Why aren't you look really good for 70-something? Why aren't you going? Lindsay, why aren't you starting to get your fat ass off the couch? That's Lindsey Graham and start training if it's such an existential threat. Paul, you are in great shape. You apparently have never drunk. Volunteer, that's what you gotta do. And I think there's ample historical precedent for this, for people that are so upset by an international circumstance that they volunteer. And it's happened throughout history, starting with the American Revolution. They felt this was their own soil. And so Americans rose up against the British and volunteered. During the Civil War, there was a lot of men from the North and South that volunteered without any compulsory service. During the Spanish-American Civil War, not Spanish-American, but the Spanish Civil War, 
there was an American brigade that volunteered, people that went to fight. They were called the Abraham Lincoln Brigade. Prior to the time that the United States formally entered the war, there were American volunteers in, in Burma. The Flying Tigers, these were men who were kind of auxiliary units that were fighting in Southeast Asia prior to the time America even formally declared war. They actually volunteered. They felt that Japan posed a threat. They wanted some action, so they went and did it. And historically, of course, there's the Viking kings. We JFK would be another good example. The Kennedy family was opposed to World War II, but once we went into war, we felt it was an existential threat. The lead of our country at the time volunteered their sons. Famously, Joe Kennedy was killed in a plane crash while he was um, on a mission over Europe. John F. Kennedy volunteered and was hurt um, during the PT-109 incident, in which he heroically acted to save him and his men in that particular incident. George H.W. Bush was a pilot. So there's all sorts of examples of people volunteering to fight. So the question for you, Mitt and uh, Pompeo, why don't you go volunteer, number one? And number two, if it is such an existential threat, why aren't you encouraging us to declare war? Why? Why shouldn't the United States declare war? What? Let, let's declare war. Let's ask for congressional authorization to declare war on behalf of Ukraine. Why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you calling for that? And I think the reason why you're not calling for it is because you are corrupt and you are doing this because of your connections and because it's good business and because you're part of a foreign policy elite that doesn't give a shit about the American people. If you don't like Donald Trump, dudes, I think you have to ask, how was it that he rose in the first place? It's because he's authentic. He does tell the truth. He has a giant pair of balls and he is volunteering. No one can say now that he's not paying a personal price or that somehow he's better off because of the service. He is putting his money where his mouth is, literally. Instead, you get people like Paul Ryan, that I'll take Paul Ryan off the bench. So they're saying that we should give more money so more Ukrainians can die while at the same time, they themselves are not willing to serve. This is part of the problem that we have with our modern political culture, we're being run by people with a gigantic, either a literal pussy or a metaphorical pussy. But the result is the same. These people are gigantic pussies, but they're aggressive. So they make all of these threats and then they ask other people to back them up. That is the problem with this group of leaders that we have. They're very aggressive, but they won't actually fight themselves. They won't go to the front lines. They won't volunteer. Instead, they ask other people to do it while they themselves get richer off of the conflict. And it's that failure, Mitt Romney, it's that failure for you to explain why you're not volunteering. You're going to retire here pretty soon from the Senate. Why your kids aren't volunteering, why your grandkids, you have plenty of Mormon kids. Send them off. Make sure they volunteer. Don't be such a fucking coward. Go volunteer. Go get it done. Now, 
Some of you were saying, well, why aren't you volunteering? Because I don't support this war. It's a giant pile of dog shit. And you know what? I kind of am pro-Putin. I am. I hate to admit it. I kind of am. And the reason why I am is that it's order. Man, he lives in a really freaking rough neighborhood. If you honestly think, let's just do a thought experiment. What would happen if a young Noam Chomsky was part of Russia? What happened? Do we think at all that all of a sudden there would be peace? It would be chaos. It would be disorder. It would not be. It would be even more unstable than the situation is now. Putin, I understand Putin. He's a tough guy. He likes order. He's proud of his country, and he's willing to fight for it. And I bet Putin, I mean, he's putting his money where his mouth is. Now, he's not on the front line, but it took a gigantic gigantic set of balls to do what he's doing. Now, I also admire the Ukrainian men that are fighting. So this is not anti-Ukraine. I They are putting their money where their mouth is, and they are, although it's someone else's money. But for Ukraine, here's the question for you guys, and let's just, let's just be real. If you can't fight your own war, you're not a real country, okay? You're not. You don't have the economy to be able to do it. You... Is Belarus in a terrible situation? Are they so miserable? What about all the other parts of Russia that are like Republic? Look, look at look at Chechnya. Chechnya has had a huge miracle. And this happened under Vladimir Putin after there was this vicious war. You'd be much happier right now had you not listened to NATO. NATO is not, it's a path to weakness, not a path to strength. And it is something that you should have listened to your instincts. Kievian Rus, I'm going to do a podcast, I think, on that at some point. You are part of Mother Russia, and Mother Russia is part of you. You need to stop. You need to cut your losses, cut a deal, and commit to your neutrality. I mean, and here's the, here's the other thing, too, that Romney and um, Ryan are just complete idiots for. They can basically say, like, hey, look, we both agree to make sure that, that Russia and the United States agree that Ukraine is a neutral state, that both sides agree to uh, as to invade if the other is attacked by the other side. And they both agree to de demilitarize that particular state. It absolutely will be cured by Trump, and, and Russia is not going to continue on. Now, if it turns out that Russia <laughs> attacks Paris next, you know, the year or two after the war closes, well, then fine, it'll be proven wrong. But I just see nothing to support this level of uh, threat. And again, if it is this level of threat, these guys need to volunteer. That is Mitt Romney and Paul Ryan. Uh, they need to volunteer uh, because they are not very good at explaining why this needs to be done. And, you know, the thing that people hate Tucker Carlson Hey, you haven't answered any of his questions. He's a much better debater. He's a much more skilled debater. And, and oh, by the way, this is what he actually thinks. And Mitt Romney can't even answer a basic question, especially while, you know, it's it's interesting. Let's use the example of a, of a fire. There's a whole bunch of fires in the United States. And what if we asked the fire department to go ahead and put out a fire that's not here while the fires still remain here, the fire of poverty, the fire of illegal immigration, the fire of chaos in the streets, the fire of lack of health care, 
all those are still there. How can we possibly address one when we're focused on thousands of miles away? And the answer is, is the government does not give a shit about the people. And it is not isolationist to say that we should focus on our country first, because uh, before we focus on addressing the uh, issues of another country. So that's it for this episode of the Rockney Cast. I'm not always going to be so negative, but some of these I indicated even with this reboot that we were going to do some politics because it's good to get it off a chest. It's healthy. Um, and we are going to continue to do a high quality podcast in terms of improving the mind, the body, and the spirit. But part of it is standing up for your beliefs. I think that's one thing dudes need to how to do is stand up for your belief and take a position. And my position is, is that Paul Ryan and Mitt Ryan are gigantic pussies. I think they completely are. And I don't trust them. And they're horrible at what they do. And if you don't like Donald Trump or Mitt Romney, you can only, Donald Trump, you can only blame Paul Ryan and Mitt Romney as totally incompetent leaders of the Republican Party and not the inheritors of Reagan, but a disgrace of Ronald Reagan. So that's it for this episode of the Rockney Cast. Please continue to um, tune in for, for high quality content. Uh, you can send an email at rockneycast at gmail.com, put promo code AUSHIN and you will get a t-shirt, Club AUSHIN t-shirt for $20. Send me 20 bucks, and, you, and we are now sponsored by the Ocean T shirt factory. And you can get a t shirt from Club Ocean for 20 bucks, it's normally $25, so it's a great deal. Give me your sign, give me, give me your size. So that's it for this episode of the Rocking Cast. Continue to tune in, please give me positive reviews on Apple, Spotify, and all places podcasts are heard. Until next time, you and I see each other on the Rocking Cast. <laughs>